Gerontological Society of America, Advancing Innovation in Aging. Welcome to GSA on Aging. I'm Howard Dagenholt, social media editor of The Gerontologist, a bi-monthly publication of the Gerontological Society of America. Dr. Gloria Perveen is a postdoctoral fellow at the University of British Columbia School of Nursing. Her research focuses on people with advanced dementia in nursing homes and end-of-life care. I spoke with her about her paper in The Gerontologist, A Seat at the Table, The Positioning of Families During Care Conferences in Nursing Homes. Hello, Gloria speaking. Hi, Gloria. This is Howard. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Great. Let's get started. Sure. So I read your paper, A Seat at the Table, Positioning of Families During Care Conferences in Nursing Homes. And I'd like to ask you about the study and about your work. What got you interested in this topic? So I, as a postdoc researcher on this project from uh, the School of Nursing at the University of British Columbia, under the uh, direction of Dr. Jennifer Bombush. And um, it's part of a larger study called the Ideal Study, which is about inviting dialogue on experiences of active involvement in long-term care. And I was, as a postdoc, very interested in the idea of how family care staff and residents were uh, negotiating care and making decisions within the care conference context. And so I got the great privilege of working with Jennifer on this project and focusing on the care conferences in particular. So, yeah, that's where I come from. So tell me, um, well, I'm curious about the larger study and what you found, but in terms of this qualitative research, what is um, what were the main findings there? There were some real surprising findings from my perspective, and one of them was about just how marginalized families were in within that context. And that kind of was born out of some sort of very exclusionary practices that we observed within the care conferences across the three sites. So that was surprising to me in the sense that um, this was showing up in all of the sites in those 37 conferences that we observed. And so how families were excluded from this uh, was just in three very simple kind of ways. One was by this real adherence to a following a process, a scripted process that families were not privy to. So they had no idea about the agenda. They were often positioned last on that agenda. And if they kind of moved off that agenda and off the script, staff and the other participants in the conference would bring them back to that script. So spontaneous offerings of resident information or biographical information was not necessarily welcomed as it was off the script. What's at stake with involvement of families in care conferences? Well, care conferences are a real opportunity to discuss the resident and the full complexity of the resident. So not just physical and medical or clinical care, but also their psychosocial and spiritual needs. And families bring real important biographical information to that table. They have a real uh, close perspective on um, residents' needs and experiences. And without actually asking families about that, you've really missed out on an important opportunity. And if we espouse to be doing person-centered care in our care facilities, I think um, our care conferences are not necessarily really reflecting that. 
I would say we'd be the uh, care conferences are more staff centered. In the day to day interactions between family and care staff, is the mm-hmm. care conference the is that really the critical venue to engage on those issues, or would or are there other ways for family? to have those concerns raised? Uh, particularly for families who are really involved, the, the day-to-day sort of um, informal interactions with care aides, for example, are really key pieces to the negotiation of care, absolutely. Uh, for families who are less involved, care conferences might be one of those real only opportunities to interact with care staff. And then also thinking... Uh, so, uh, for even with families who are involved, so they may have day-to-day interactions with the care aides or with the floor nurse and maybe with a, um, some allied health staff, but they're not necessarily having that opportunity to interact with a physician or with a pharmacist or with other professional staff. And that care conference might be the only opportunity that they actually get to meet those folks face-to-face. And for all those people to be within the same room together. So you have this real microcosm of that larger picture of that of the care facility coming together within the care conference, which is a golden opportunity to hear from everybody. And it could be, it could you know, maybe be very dynamic. But uh, so I think they do have the opportunity in the everyday experience, but that care conference is something special. It seems to me that with care conferences and nursing homes, we have a formal structure here, but the day-to-day care and the day-to-day experience is not necessarily mapped cleanly onto that formal structure. And we have a situation where the formal structure of the care conference is doing one thing, and for many families and residents, that's not the venue and it's not a functional apparatus for their yes. engagement, notwithstanding yeah. notwithstanding the potential that you just pointed out in terms of, um, of yes. meeting with all of the professionals. It seems like it's like a, another layer that's not directly engaged with these important yeah. issues. Yeah. That's a really great point. And, I, and, and to that, I can add that in our context um, – the uh, sort of the, that informal exchange that happens between residents, families, and care staff is usually happening with a care aide or a resident care aide. Um, and uh, the resident care aide, they're not really showing up at the care conferences. There's not real space for them. In one, one of our sites, they, they got to attend the first few minutes of the care conference, and then they had to go off and do, you know, do their duties. And uh, and so if we talk about that formal, the intersection between formal and informal, and this formal structure not really sort of reflecting what's happening, I think that position of the carried as well is uh, um, kind of contributing to that kind of out-of-sync um, situation here. We've observed the same thing in the United States. So I'm I'm wondering what you think is behind that and is that um, it seems like that's kind of a separate topic that 
you don't really get into in this particular article. Have you done other yeah. research on the involvement of uh, AIDS? Um, not, not specifically, but that certainly is a theme that was coming up within this care conference data set. Um, and, uh, to keep the paper nice and tight is we did focus <laughs> primarily yes. on family involvement, but families certainly reflected it's like, you know, where are the carries? These people are the ones who know my family member the best. And, um, and they have, you know, most of the things that, um, I've got concerns about are concerning, you know, the day-to-day care with uh, that's delivered by the carried, and so why are they not at the table? And uh, so, to your question about like why is that happening, I think there's a real, you know, historical trend <laughs> of the devaluing of carries as well. You know, they have the least amount of, in terms of the staff, they have the least amount of power within a care facility, at least um, from some of the things that we've observed. To what extent do you think the CARE conference is the vector for improving person-centeredness and quality of life? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, you know, as that uh, sort, of, sort of one of the opportunities for care planning and getting the staff together to talk in detail Potentially in detail. No, I don't know if you can get much said in five minutes, but um, uh, so it. I think it's it's a piece of that whole picture, um, not necessarily being the sole mechanism by which uh, care planning and um, setting goals of care can be done, but it's part of that. So I think uh, it does have a real important role to play in that sharing and and the dialogue amongst care staff and family and residents. Um, and we haven't talked about residents, too, but the um, I think of some recent study by um, a group in Spain who talked about uh, the inclusion of uh, resident with dementia in the care conference and uh, the staff reflecting how, how important it was for that person to be there. And they felt like they were able to... Um, improve quality of care because they're hearing about the first-person experience of that care and being called to task in some way or being complimented in another way about the kind of care that they give. So I think there's it's, there's a bit of um, perhaps gravity to uh, a care conference as it is a bit more formal than just these informal exchanges. And depending on how it's documented, it really is a way to show licensing or regulators about the kinds of the kind of care that you might be giving. So I think it's got an important role to play, but it's not the only mechanism by which uh, person-centered care can be realized. I have a a methodological question about the uh, care conference uh, article. So my methodological question is about the selection of care conferences to observe were these families in, was this their first experience with a care conference or were some of them um, representing um, residents who had been in the facility for some time and, and they had had multiple uh, there was opportunities? A, a com- yeah, okay. I, there's a combination of both. So if I look, uh, I think we observed 15 initial care conferences. So that was within 
what our kind of our regulations say is that it needs to be done within about within two months of a resident's admission. Um, and whether that is happening, it just kind of depends on the sort of the uh, mechanisms of the nursing home itself. But yeah, we observed 15 initial care conferences and then 20, 22 annual care conferences. And um, so were the findings consistent between both the annual and the initial? Yes. Yeah, which was quite surprising. Um, so some of the initial care conference words were a little bit longer. Uh, so the conference that we observed that was five minutes long was not an initial care conference. <laughs> but, yeah, so the length of them and just the, the way the conference and the con- the process of the con- uh, conference and the content of the conference was very similar between the initial and annual um, which was quite surprising to me. Given what you've found in this study, given the way it appears that families are not being engaged in the care conference process, it really is pretty shocking to mm-hmm. see how things are being done. And and everybody who who you've encountered nods and says, yes, this is, this is my experience. This is what I've seen. Why do you think there hasn't been more scholarly research on this topic? Yeah, that's a that's a fabulous question. When I was doing the background work for this project, I was quite quite surprised to see very little um, research. And then, and I guess that's your experiences as well. Is we're looking for something that unpacks that process of the care conference rather than looking just at the outcome, which is important as well. Um, so there is a little bit more research in that regard about, you know, are these effective or not? Um, does it improve person-centered care or not? Um, but I think, you know, at the heart of it is that I think uh, the methodology to really enter into that space it's a, a difficult space to negotiate. You have to observe. I, I believe that's probably the best method is observation um, and and then talking to the care staff. And that's very time-consuming. So ethnography is a very time-consuming uh, uh, methodology. And um, I think, you know, the reality of doing some research that you might not get funding for that or your funding runs out <laughs> and or you don't have the personnel to be able to support the resources that you need to uh, be able to execute a study like this. So I think that's that's part of it. That's the sort of the research culture. But I also think that um, some of our, I think it's hearkening back to some of the things that you've been saying that you know this is just something that is we do in care uh, in in nursing home care, and it's kind of flown a bit under the radar yet. It's something that we, you know, happens all the time, and uh, it's under the radar in terms of our regulations. We don't; it's not really regulated to say that you have to have a care conference. Uh, I think that's how it's taken up to do this sort of team care planning, um, which is regulated. But so I think there's part there's that multiple kind of layers to that of why it's not really being. Uh, addressed in the research. So. I, I think there's... It's interesting to know what you think about that. <laughs> well, my 
experience was that there was some cynicism from the yeah. funding authorities in the U.S. Oh, yeah. about getting into the care conference process with the belief that, first of all, a belief that it's just not an effective uh, uh, tool for improving care. And right. just thinking, well, you're not going to move the needle by going to the care conference. And, right. and then... And then drawing the line to say we, we shouldn't be funding research into this because we don't think that it's a useful uh, mechanism. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so, which was a very frustrating. I, I only found one published paper from U.S. nursing homes on this topic, and yeah. it's really surprising to me, given the the um, high level of interest in person-centered care quality of life, mm-hmm. quality improvement in nursing facilities, that yeah. that the this particular mechanism is not front and center. And yeah. you and if you look at the culture change movement in the United States, they're not focused on care conference as a as a tool. It's a whole yeah. house culture change and yeah. architectural remodel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. staffing model. And I don't disagree with any of that, but you still have this particular formal process going on, which yeah. really sets the tone in certain ways, or it either sets the tone or it reflects the tone. Yeah. 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 I like what you say there reflects or sets. I, I think it's, uh, it's both. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you. You know, Culture change is really taking on a very different number there. And I think um, something, I guess, my a bit of my cynicism comes through as well in the sense of like, what are, but what, how about for the people and the facilities who are struggling right now? And what can we do to support them in improving care in the structure and process that they, they might have to deal with right now? And so... It's like taking the short view and the long view and, and uh, mentoring facilities through uh, person-centered care practices that they can adopt right away. So some of this is a, like uh, some of the recommendations that we have at the end of the paper. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. <laughs> it's like here is some language that you might want to use, like actually say hello and goodbye to the families in a care conference. Welcome them. <laughs> right. Ask for resident information and biography. Here's here's some things that you can adopt in this context, which could be, you know, uh, used in other contexts as well. So let's leave on a high note. So you're sure. identifying. <laughs> so let's uh, get to uh, your positive recommendations. So you end the paper with a few positive recommendations. What do you think is the one uh, straightforward thing that could be incorporated into nursing home care conferences tomorrow? Straightforward thing. And, and maybe, it's, I was going to say, maybe I was, my first thought was about using person-centered language. Um, and and then and my back of my mind, and going, well, maybe that's not necessarily straightforward for, for many people. But I think something that could be implemented tomorrow, which 
takes very little thought is just introducing family and staff to each other within the care conference setting and yes. asking family for the biographical information of the residents um, or instead of staff then staff talking about their biographical information of the residents. So there's two. I agree. I think that would go a long way. Yeah, it's it's not hard. Well, I think you're right. I think that some of the things that we talk about seem like they're so diametrically opposed to the way nursing facilities are organized. But then if you think about it as a person's home, then you have to think, then that just changes your frame of reference. You're like, well, wait a minute, I'm coming into your home. And I have to treat you with the respect that I would to... Any host. Yeah, absolutely. And, so and the, the, the care conference as a, a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have a glass of wine and we'll hopefully make yeah, it Yeah, we'll have a glass of wine and keep it just, you know, light and make sure that everybody knows each other's name. <laughs> Excellent. And, you know, where they're coming from. But kind of would kind of promote this feeling of... Um, Mutual trust and respect and fun and, and uh, yeah, just family and person-centered, I think. Gloria, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Hey, no worries, Howard. It was my pleasure, and I'm super excited that we had this opportunity. So, Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Now I'm going to call my mom. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I wanted to talk to um, you about a interesting study that I just read, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. The study is about care conferences in nursing homes. Do you know what that is? Well, I would assume that it's either a daily or a weekly conference that the nurses have with the with the doctors and the families. Do you remember ever going to a care conference for grandpa, for your father? No, absolutely not. Never. Because at the time, grandma was not really up to it. She was a little sick and she was, it was far it away. Yeah, she, right. was, she was completely out of it. She was dying, you know. No, I was, remember. Uh, so what I know. You, so what do you think about how involved a family member should be in that type of conversation? In respect to what? The, the family situation where, similar to what happened with my father, where he was in, in the facility... And his spouse was completely unable to participate. Yeah, but you and and your brother were involved. I mean, the, you know, you guys. Oh yeah, were, yeah. But, so, uh, but they, I wasn't sure if you were referring to his wife or his children because the wife was his wife was still alive, even though right. she was, you know, in. No, we wouldn't. We never had any. Um, any interaction with them. Do you think you should would, have? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
what do you think it takes or to have care delivered the way that you would want it for yourself or you know if it was daddy god forbid for him to be happy and comfortable what do you think it would take do you think the family should have a seat at the table when those decisions are being made i i, I think personally that you need a major conference at the at intake there's no question about that and it takes a few weeks until the the family and the person involved and the nursing home personnel get to know each other and work out you know details like uh, he doesn't like ice cold juice, you know that that kind of thing. But then afterwards, I think once a person is settled in and is getting regular, you know, regular care from the nursing staff and whatever doctors are involved, um, you don't need it that often. And hopefully, the patient is being visited regularly by family members who can also, you know. Get hold, get to a nurse to find, you know, to tell them, look, there's something not right going on here. Really being there, being present, being there every day is the most important thing. Basically, that's how to make sure that they're being cared for properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. First of all, if a person is in a nursing home, it's more reasonable than not that they cannot report right. properly what's happening. Right. And even the the family member or good friend, whoever it is, has to be there on a regular basis to make sure that the person is being properly cared for. She needed to know that her mother was being taken care of by someone who cared for her, you know. And was it was involved in her, which is I, I think that's that's the first the first important thing that person who's being taken care of has to be seen as a human person, mm-hmm. not just somebody who's uh, unable to stand up without help. All right, mom, have a nice day. I love you. Thank you. Love you too. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. To learn more about The Gerontologist and to read its latest articles, visit the journal website at geron.org. The Gerontological Society of America was founded in 1945 to promote the scientific study of aging, to encourage exchanges among researchers and practitioners from various disciplines related to gerontology, and to foster the use of gerontological research in informing public policy.